Hi, Mark Baxter here, welcoming you to season three of the Jesus is Winning podcast. Oftentimes, we realize that Jesus won, and we believe that he will win. But sometimes it's hard for us to really grasp the truth, especially in the midst of this chaotic and broken world, that Jesus is winning today. Well, season three is going to encourage you and help you to understand one of the best ways to be able to experience this truth, that Jesus is winning. Go. When going becomes your modus operandi, life gets crazy good. Chapter one continued. My wife and I believe that one of the greatest times of our lives was the year we decided to go to China to teach English and spread the gospel. Making the decision to go wasn't easy. Honestly, I have to credit Janet for getting the process started. We were actively and joyfully leading the Youth with a Mission Jacksonville base when an email came to me from friends who we had worked with in, in YWAM Nashville. Our friends, Scott and Mindy, had been working in missions for years and, and were presently living in Harbin, China, where Scott was teaching English. Mindy emailed me with a need that the school had where Scott was working, a need for foreign English teachers. She specifically asked me to share the opportunity with our staff. So I shared the email at the next staff meeting we had. The following day, Janet and I were standing in line at a grocery store, and Janet said, You know the email from Mindy that you shared with our staff yesterday? How about us? I about dropped the gallon of milk as I looked at her and said, Have you lost your mind? We're busy leading YWAM Jacksonville. What about our kids and our dogs? Needless to say, I was shocked by her question and turned my attention to paying for our groceries. But the seed had been planted. As I thought about the idea of moving to an area of China I had never been to, teaching English to Chinese children, and leaving our present situation, I was slowly moving toward insanity. Just kidding. It was actually starting to grow on me, but not for logical reasons. First of all, Harbin is known as the ice capital of China, which isn't attractive for a guy who's lived in Florida now for 10 years at the time. Secondly, I had never thought about teaching English. I don't even like English. Thirdly, I wasn't excited about working with children. I realize many are called to children's ministry and love it. Not me. But the Lord didn't ask me if I like cold weather or if I wanted to teach English, or if working with children was something I might enjoy. He was clearly telling me to go. So Janet and I started the process of moving. We applied to the school in China, talked to family and friends about what our future plans looked like, and even started learning a little, might I say very little, of Mandarin Chinese. Our youngest child, Jen, 
would be moving with us and our two older kids would take care of the house and continue working in their jobs. The process had started and there was no turning back. One of the thoughts that the Lord gave me to encourage our going was this. We had been challenging the body of Christ through our work with YWAM, through speaking engagements in local churches, through teaching in the Perspectives course, and in other ways to go to the unreached people of the world. Those people who had never heard the gospel before didn't have access to the gospel like other parts of the world do. But we had never lived among the unreached. In essence, we were challenging people to do something that we had never done ourselves. Well, this was about to change, resulting in a greater authority for future opportunities to share on missions. A little less than a month before our departure date, I was invited by a church in Northern California to come and speak at their Missions Emphasis Sunday. I accepted the invitation, flew to San Francisco, and then drove north a couple hours to the church. The people were very friendly and supportive of missions, so it was an encouraging time. At the end of the final service, an elderly lady approached me and said she wanted to give toward our upcoming trip to China. She said she had an amount in mind, but the Lord was speaking something different to her. She said she would meet me at my car with her checkbook. After loading my car, the missions pastor and this elderly lady prayed for me, and then she handed me a folded check. I put it in my pocket and drove off, headed back to San Francisco. Once out of sight, haha, I took the check out of my shirt pocket, and after looking at it, I nearly drove off the road. I immediately called Janet and told her what had just happened. I said, guess what the amount is? She said, a hundred, me, more. How about 500? More. A thousand, more. When I told her the amount was $10,000, I lost hearing in my left ear. The Lord was both confirming and encouraging us to go. Here was a lady who we had never met, whose name I don't know, and who I will probably never see again this side of heaven, gives us a significant amount of money to more than cover the expenses of our move. I laughed and I cried as I drove to San Francisco. When going is your modus operandi, life really can get crazy good. As I write this, I am reminded of one of the most difficult days of our lives. When Janet, Jen, and I had to say goodbye at the airport to our two kids, it was gut-wrenching. I can still see Janet hugging Daniel while Kathleen is bent over sobbing. It isn't something a dad will ever forget. To this day, there are times at the airport in Jacksonville, I look at the spot where it happened and thank God that it is behind us. God's grace is sufficient in those times of saying goodbye and during the periods of separation. The life of going involves many goodbyes, but one day that will end. There will be no more goodbyes 
tears, separation, or sorrow. But that is in the future. And because we have that hope, we go with determination and joy. We arrived in Harbin, China, and were greeted by some staff from the school who would soon become friends. They took us to our apartment, and we began moving in. This was in the summer, so the ice capital aspect was yet to be experienced. Within a couple blocks of our apartment was one of the 40 or more KFCs in Harbin. We enjoyed many breakfasts and lunches there. It was at one of those lunches that the Lord began to reveal one of our primary purposes for going to Harbin. Jen was standing in line and saw another young American-looking girl standing in another line. She went over to meet her, and she had and she had sat down and immediately realized that the Lord was up to something. This girl, Carissa, had been part of YWAM at another base in North America. She was in Harbin studying Mandarin Chinese. Jen and her became friends and started hanging out together. Carissa was such a blessing from the Lord. A month or two went by and we continued to adjust. There were times that were good and times that were hard. But the Lord remained faithful in providing encouragement as needed. Jen and Carissa approached me with the idea of starting a small gathering at our apartment for worship. They had met a few others in Harbin at the university where Carissa was attending and thought it would be fun. I, of course, said yes to the idea. That was the beginning of a house church that grew to over 35 Chinese. Most of those who attended had never heard the gospel before. It was awesome. Each Sunday evening, we would meet as the party. People would bring their friends as we enjoyed some worship, both in Chinese and English, had a discovery Bible study, and then ate dinner together. It was definitely a highlight of our time in Harbin. To this day, nearly 13 years later, we have many friends remaining from those Sunday night gatherings. Many were saved and some went on to participate in YWAM training schools. We thank God for giving us the grace to say yes to going so that some would have the opportunity to say yes to him. The blessings of our going include eternal blessings for many. That makes all the tears, separation, adjustments, and frostbite worth it. One of the projects that I accomplished while in Harbin for that year was the writing of my second book, which is called Finish. I learned a lot about what it takes to finish what you start. There were many times, especially before our house church started, that I wanted to quit and go home. But when you sign a contract for one year, you should stay for at least one year. We did it and thank the Lord for his enabling grace. We would have missed out on the joy of bearing fruit for the kingdom had we left early. It's like when young married couples give up on marriage and divorce. They end up missing out on the fruit that comes as a result of a long obedience in the same direction. So after our year was complete, we once again had the challenge of saying goodbye to many new friends. 
We were excited to return home while also realizing that we would never see some of our friends again. But that's part of the reality of going. For those who make going their modus operandi, reunions in heaven are going to be many and so sweet. To summarize the clarifying of Jesus's last command, we are to go and make disciples. It's not complicated, but it can sure get twisted. And partial obedience is still disobedience. The last thing that a person says to his friends, especially when he knows it is the last thing, it's it. this is going to be important. If a family member is nearing the end of their their hospital bed and they come to you and they ask you to come so they can whisper something in your ear, you know it is going to be something that is important to them. They aren't going to whisper, don't forget to take the garbage out on Tuesday. No, it's going to be more like, take good care of your mother or always remember that I love you so much. So too with Jesus. As he knows he is leaving his friends on the earth, his last words were very important to him. And the gospel writers make it clear. His priority message was simple. Go and make disciples. So why are 98% of Christians in America not involved in disciples, in making disciples today? While an even high percentage, which can't get much higher, are not going and making disciples. We'll look at some of the hindrances next. Don't get mad. Just breathe deeply and listen to that still, small voice. Well, I hope you were encouraged and maybe even challenged with this episode of the Jesus is Winning podcast. You know, if you'd like to get more information on how you can join him in the winning, then email me at markbax, that's M-A-R-K-B-A-X, at proton.me and request a copy of the book, Go. 